3: Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals, and the Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, and before we get to the rest of our introductions, Martin, what in good God just happened? We're not even like one second of the episode. We have four (laughs) F-bombs, explicit labels already there. You got to tell everyone, like, what was the panic? panic attack for us. Like, uh, did you just find out sailor jerry's is out at the moscow m- liquor store or what, what's going on
0: no uh i i thought there was more time left on the intro my dad texted me and i didn't realize it ended
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. nice. oh, oh, okay well we fingers crossed guys i know you come in theory listeners and viewers for vandal football talk we know the actual point of this is, what way can amateur hours shine brightest? And it's going to be tough to top that. But, you know, we're done talking about that. We're going to shift into the show. Uh, like I said, I'm your host Brian Marceau. Dallas Hammer co-host, he's here with me as well. Dallas, how's it going over in Spokane?
1: Uh, considerably better after that moment. Martin, that was truly the best moment I've had in about three weeks. Since my oh, last
0: since, since my last blunder.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, okay, we've we've already <laughs> given the intro, but the famously cool under pressure, Martin Hemstra. How's it going?
0: It's going good. Moscow just had a little second, had a little last second fu to winter and decided to snow again recently. So, stay and stay warm.
3: And uh, listeners, you're we're being joined for the first time by now. Watch producing in public, uh, Stefan. How do I pronounce your last
2: name, Stefan okay, Weeby? Stefan Weeby.
3: First yep. time on the show. He's a beat reporter covering Idaho football as well as a lot of other stuff for
2: the Lewiston Tribune. Stefan, great to have you on. How's it going? Going great. First off, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, you guys are doing a lot of cool stuff here, and and yeah, it's good to be on. Finally, for the first time, awesome to be here.
3: Well, and we look, we had to get you on, Stefan. We're going to get you on at some point, but. Um, look, the focal point of this episode, listeners, is going to be football. We're going to jump right into a round bar brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. And Stefan, uh, you you're going to be the uh, eyes, or maybe you've done this before. You're going to be the reporter for uh, <laughs> Tubs of the Club today. You've been to a ton of practice. You've been to spring to the first scrimmage, which was held on uh saturday which we believe that was april 8th or 9th or something like that but uh for listeners first scrimmage of the spring held so about four days ago and stefan i'm just going to turn the floor over to you uh how about we talk about what you saw in the scrimmage first we can let that sprawl into position position group stuff but uh you know first time the guys are lining up in game type situation and of course it's not like a real game but what what, what were some of the standout things that you saw? Uh, When you were there Saturday, that I know it's your first time seeing Jason X staff and what Jason X running. Uh, It's also, you know, Jason X, one of his first time seeing some guys out there. And you had an article where Luke Schleisner said, hey, that's uh, this is going to be separation Saturday. We're finally getting to see some guys actually play. This this is
2: going to matter for our position groups. What were some what are some of the key takeaways you have from what you saw? Yeah. Well, first off, um, I want to give a shout out to my uh, fellow reporter, Dale Grummert, who uh, also of the Lewiston Tribune, who is helping cover a little bit of Idaho this spring. He's been he's actually at practice or was at practice today and has been at a couple practices because, like you mentioned, I kind of do a lot of different stuff. Um, but, yeah, I was at the scrimmage on Saturday. And yeah, it was interesting. It was uh, very windy. It started snowing. Uh, seemed more like a fall practice than a spring spring scrimmage but it was good it was kind of i think it was kind of like what you would expect it was first half of it was really the defense was really dominating the pass rush there was stuff in the run um all four quarterbacks really couldn't get a pass over five yards for the first 10 drives Um, but then the the latter half of it the offense picked up uh cj jordan had a really nice pass to therese trainer who was uh Obviously a star wide receiver who has missed, he has missed some of the spring. Um, so that was uh, probably the play of, of the scrimmage. Um, the other young quarterbacks uh, did well, is, had some good plays as well. Uh, Nate Romano had two touchdowns. Um, I wouldn't say there was, you know, one player on either side that was like, okay, that's, you know, separation Saturday. That guy just totally separated himself. I think it's going to be a process this spring. Um, a lot of different guys kind of maybe had one play here or there, uh, still at this point, maybe looking for some of that consistency. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit of a, of a, of an overall rundown from the scrimmage. So for first question I have, and this, we've had a handful of
3: people talk to us who've been to scrimmages and one of their big takeaways has been defensively. I, Idaho looks a lot better than they, than people had expected in particular in the secondary. Uh, Idaho also graduated a lot of talent on the defensive line, linebackers. And we've been told, look, front seven, a lot of turnover relative to last year's starters, but they're looking great. Uh, Got to the quarterback a ton. I think we were told like CJ Jordan took six sacks or something like that in the scrimmage. Um, And then the secondaries looked much more, just much more effective, much more aggressive, at making breaks on balls, trying to trying to force turnovers and actually, you know, getting turnovers. How does that match what you saw at the scrimmage and then just broadly in practice with a focus on the defense right now? And if you can, secondary in particular, because that's look, we had the worst secondary in the Big Sky last season. If we're going to be a good team or a solid team, the quarterback matters, but not being dog shit on the defensive side of the ball probably matters more.
2: Yeah, I mean, the defense as a whole has looked good. I, I would say that maybe the, the front seven stood out a little more in the scrimmage with with just the tackles and the, and the pass rush a little bit than the secondary. I don't believe there were any interceptions in the scrimmage. Uh, I know uh, Marcus Harris should have had one that he dropped uh, off CJ Jordan. He was kind of mad about that. Um, but yeah, like you said, a lot of turnover on in the secondary and as the defensive as a whole. And so this is really uh, a time for, for guys to step up. I would say a, a couple of the guys that are back, um, the McCormick brothers, uh, those guys are are looking pretty solid, looking consistent. Tommy McCormick, Sean McCormick, are, are flying around still. Um, they're you know they're spending a lot of time in, in that secondary. Um, and then for, for the other guys, it's it's kind of a you know on this game. I remember one of the early practices. Uh, Warrior, uh, Warrior Noyle, I'm not sure if I'm saying his first name right. Uh, he had a really good practice. Um, you know, I, I noticed uh, the Colby Nodsworthy, a North North Idaho guy. Um, He's still like high school in scrimmage, um, flying around. But it's, I I think that there's a lot of competition there right now. And it, by the end of the spring and and then fall, we could see. You know, something maybe totally different. There's still guys fighting for those those secondary spots. I would say outside of the, you know, the McCormick brothers.
1: Stefan, I have a, a bit of a follow-up to that. So you you said that the front seven has looked better than the secondary. Uh, Said, what, six sacks on CJ. Is yeah. that more of the front seven continuing to be, like, the focal point and strength of the defense? Or is that more on the offensive line being so young and inexperienced?
2: I think it could be... You know, with how much I mean they lost we I'd have lost some guys on the front seven too. So it, it seems like, you know, it would maybe take a while for them to get going. But they, they've looked pretty fast. I don't know if it's if it's the the offensive line in particular. I, I think a little bit of bit of it's on the on the quarterbacks of, you know, they gotta get the ball out, they gotta um, you know, it's kind of this early in the spring, I think they it, it's obviously like CJ, for example, is coming back from an injury. He's trying to get just get his rhythm back. Um, the other guys are are pretty young, um, so I think it's it's maybe the quarterbacks have looked a little, you know, they maybe a little slow, a little not, and that can can lead. Um, I don't think it's just like the offensive line, um, but yeah, I mean they've the the front seven has looked good. Uh, Leo Tomba had one of the sacks. Um, the a junior college transfer uh, Devontae Keys, he was the battle axe recipient. Um, he stands out a lot. He's a he's a big, big guy out there um fave fave had one of the sacks and so those guys are are flying around for sure
1: so i'm just going to get right to the right to the meat of this uh i think what a lot of our listeners want to know is this team going to be any good you can't really tell from the spring practices but is there hope that this this team is going to show at least the building blocks of building a new era of vandal football I think we might have lost Stefan. He looks like he's frozen.
3: I think I think Stefan is frozen as well. Um, and it so could gonna, have been
1: that really bad question from me though. So I'll give okay. him a second.
3: I'm gonna filibuster for a second. Stefan, you back?
1: Yes, can you guys hear me? Yep, we got you just, just fine now.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, jumping right back into to the question you just asked. Um, I, I think definitely there's some there's some optimism there. Um you know, I I think this team can be, can be good for sure. It's obviously, it's kind of hard to tell how good they are right now. When, when, again, they're, you know, two weeks into spring practice with a new staff and a lot of new players. And, and when you're going against each other, it's always kind of hard to tell how you're good, how good you're going to be against um, other teams. And this is my first spring covering them. So I, I can't compare it to like last spring, for example, I started in the fall, um, but no, there's definitely a lot of a lot of energy there. Um, I, I think there there can be optimism uh, for sure that this this team could it's kind of starting with the building blocks, like you said, of 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 being a good team for sure. So I'm going to shift back to a little more narrow focus, uh, which is want to talk
3: about quarterbacks just for a minute because you gave gave some observations that I'd like to hear a little bit more about. Sure, uh, listeners know that. No matter who starts, we're going to have a guy who's essentially a, a first year starter. CJ Jordan has a couple. I'm not going to count Simon Frazier. Sorry, Coach Thomas Ford. Just not going to count Thomas Frazier games. Um, CJ Jordan has, what, like two ish games as a starter, not counting yeah, Simon Frazier. The one
2: he got injured, I think.
3: <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, well, Southern Utah, Oregon State. He started against Oregon State, too. Technically started, okay, yeah. Which that should barely count because that was catastrophically. Ter- well, he played and it was terrible, but. You know, looked good against Southern Utah, looked really rough against Oregon State. Um, Giovanni McCoy had moments where he looked good, but also through, you know, a a couple picks against Montana, I believe. And Zach Borish, when he's been quarterback for the most part, you know, in the spring, he's been running just regular quarterback, uh, you know, packages. To my knowledge, Stefan, he hasn't been doing, you know, like his Petrino thing. He's just this number two quarterback out there, which would be new relative to what he did for most of last year. When you say that, um, you said like quarterbacks are having trouble completing passes, I'm sure some of that was the wind, but how much of that was, I don't know, just a lot of kinks that are gonna, that a lot of guys are probably just gonna take some time to work out?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I don't think it's anything to be too super concerned about because it was a little bit probably the wind. Um, I talked to CJ after and he, he kind of downplayed the weather, but, um, Coach Eck was was like, yeah, it was we started going into the wind Um, and also just probably a little bit of nerves there with this is the first game like scenario. Um, Again, separation Saturday, these guys want to make a big impact and and a little bit of nerves right away. And they did um, they did all kind of settle in and have have some good drives later on in the scrimmage. And so I think that was a good sign. but yeah, could you uh, could you say that question again?
3: Uh, no, it, what I was curious about is um, with you know, like you said, the quarterback play was, you know, I don't know, maybe not what the players were hoping for, but it's yeah. pretty dang early. How much of it from what you saw just looked like, hey, you know, the guys don't have their timing down, or these yeah. guys haven't been season long starters. None of them have that many reps in a new offense. Uh, they're just not yet effortlessly comfortable, let's say. How much was that versus, I don't know, maybe maybe quarterbacks, a position that we should, um, I don't know, temper expectations for?
2: No, I do think what you said, kind of the first part there, I think that's probably mostly it, is is just trying to find rhythm again. That's something that that CJ talked about, is, is trying to get his rhythm back. Um, and, and this early in the spring, learning a new offense, um, I would say that's probably most of it at this point in the spring rather than, um, you know, like none of these guys are going to be any good or something like that. Um, I think they'll they'll continue to get better. Um, it'll be interesting to see just how this, how the competition breaks down just because they are all so young outside of, of Boorish. Um, I, I know Luke Schleisner, the offensive coordinator, said um, the competition probably is going to go through, you know, through fall camp. I know that's in the past. That's something Petrino always said too. So you know, how much is that? Just you know, maybe things will change. Maybe somebody will separate. Like obviously, C.J. Jordan's getting most of the reps right now, as far as first offense, first team reps. Um, so can I jump in real quick? Yeah. Is it safe to say based off that? And I'm not trying to
3: live in quarterback forever. It's just it's a very simple talk to have. Yeah. It's At a this point, position. rep wise, is C.J. Jordan pretty clearly number one? Yeah,
2: I would say so, especially uh, this last week in the scrimmage. Um, he's starting most of the drills. He started with the first-team offense in the scrimmage. And so he, right now, I mean, you can't deny that he is the number one guy right now. Um, but they're still giving the other guys, uh, especially Borish um, so far, um, Webb and then McLeod Crouton and-, and Giovanni. They are all hi- have been getting reps as well. But, yeah, uh, CJ is um, – is understandably you know the top guy right now okay I'm, I'm glad you said that because i gotta
3: tell you when i saw cj before he got hurt against southern utah man i was giddy at that game that was that was real fun um he's had some some injury issues R- fingers crossed he gets 100 health because if, if that's that's a rhythm and again now southern utah wasn't very good so you know fingers crossed if, if that's a rhythm he can find in the season and be anything close to that if he's our starter man this, we're fine we, we can quarterback will be a thing we can relax on um before shifting now from quarterback and then Dallas I'll let you jump in after me what about the the running back hierarchy is I mean is does that seem to be sorted out in any sort of way are the reps equitable how how's that look how's that del- delineation looking because I know Eck has talked about r- running the football's folks of his offense, is setting up the pass by being effective in the running game. Obviously, that starts with the offensive line, which Eck has also talked about a ton. But in terms of running backs, we know we got some guys who are all, who are pretty dang solid. How's it look so far?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, if we're going, again, just off of who started with that first-team offense in the scrimmage, uh, it was Roshan, I believe. Um, he's kind of, you know, understandably maybe that guy. But I do know they want to use – they want to use all uh, all the guys there. They all bring something different with uh, Eli's super explosive. Uh, Andre's back. He's the big guy. Uh, Romano uh, kind of gets lost sometimes. But he, had, Again, I said he had two touchdowns in the scrimmage. Um, so I, I do think they want to get them all involved. Um, so, yeah, it's probably a little too early to say, you know, for sure. If I, I think they want to use all of them. But, yeah, maybe Roshan right now is, is kind of in the lead of the pack. Uh, I would say.
1: So we're, I think at this point, we're probably going to end up having a question or two about every position group for you, Stefan, but yeah, uh, specifically with the receiver group, how has Jermaine Jackson? looked? I know we, we saw that he got an award uh, here in the spring practice, but he was a guy that was so, so anticipated. And so we were so excited for him and he gets hurt in his very first game as a Vandal and then hasn't played since. How has he looked in the spring? Does he look like he's going to be a contributor this year?
2: Yeah, he looked really good in some of those early practices. Like you said, he got I, he one of the first awards. It might have been the Battle Axe. He got one of the first honors in practice um, and definitely deserved that. I do – I'm forgetting – and I haven't been um, – again, I, I gave a shout-out to Dale because he's helping with some of the practices, and so I haven't been to every one. And I do think he, he missed one or two. He um, might have been sick or something. I don't think it's a serious thing. And so I think the last one I was at, he was not playing – um, but he, he's somebody to, to be excited about. Um, I, I guess to maybe just kind of jump into that position group as a whole, if, if we want to, um, Absolutely. you know, so obviously the main guys, Trez trainer, um, he, he was sick a little bit, so he's missed some practice. So it was good to see him have that big catch in the scrimmage. That was the first I think I'd seen of him. Um, and then uh hatton is still kind of coming back i believe from his injury in the fall um so that's kind of offered some opportunity for some of these other guys to get some reps and that's you know jermaine jackson that's uh you know a, a couple of sophomores and stood out in the in the last practice in michael graves and jalen grable both those guys i believe are six sophomores and they um Graves in particular was, had some really good catches, some long ball catches from multiple quarterbacks. And then Grable had some tough, not as long catches, but some tough catches in traffic. And so those guys uh, kind of taking advantage of some reps there, uh, I would say they didn't stand out as much in the scrimmage as they did in the that last practice last week to me. But two guys, uh, I would say that have overall stood out the most. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, a bit of a rundown on on wide receiver. Um I, I, like I there was some breaking, being... breaking wide
3: receiver news? Oh, Michael Noyles had some good catches too, but sorry. What was that? We br- gave some breaking wide receiver news, guys. Um, this is not breaking for people who've been, like, reading everything Vandal football you can possibly get, and this is not breaking in terms of what people have wanted to see on Idaho football, but uh, today, Zach Borish – practice with the wide receivers for the first time. Um, we already know that Boris can run the ball pretty dang well. So it's reasonable to expect. He's also going to get some time in the running back room, but it looks like at this point, it's kind of official Borish is going to be, well, I don't know if he'd say it's official best information we have is that borish is going to be used all over the field, which is what Jason X said back in like December to the quarter lane press. But Stefan, like, you know, we've talked pri- previously, Boris had only been in the quarterback room. So exactly the big shift to me today that I would call quote unquote breaking is even last year when Borish was not exactly a traditional quarterback, he was just running the ball. And now he's also, he's also playing wide receiver looking like he's going to get some time at the slot as well. So I guess the the plan to have him all over the field looks like it's coming to fruition, which to me
2: is thank God. That's uh, the resolution we're going to have with Zach Borish. Yeah, that's uh, that's exciting. That, uh, you know, makes me wish I was out there at practice today to see to see what he looked like there for the first time. That would have been fun to see. Um, hopefully, D- Dale will have to fill me in on that. But, yeah, that's that is interesting because uh, I think the, through those first two weeks that, yeah, like you said, they just had him at quarterback. Um, I, I Maybe just really focusing kind of on that quarterback stuff. Um, but now getting back to to kind of being a guy who can do multiple different things, I think it'd be exciting to see him at that wide receiver and running back still um, he, he is one of the most, you know, composed playmakers on the offense. I think um, he's really good, good in space. And so getting him the ball um, in the slot, that makes, it makes a lot of sense to me. So it'll see, be interesting to see. You, you just said out. the thing that I'm stoked
3: about. And I think listeners are stoked about Is last year, even when Borsch got the ball, it was run it up the damn middle and every single person, not just on the <laughs> field, but everyone in, in the audience knew what was going to happen. And he still like he, he still was our best home run threat as far as a runner last year. So man, if we get if we can see him get get the ball in space like you said, um, I don't know, dude, that's just another reason why it feels so damn good uh, with the changeover, which is a different question I have for you, Stefan, is now this is, this is more just environmental because you' you're at the practice field. We've been told that, let's say, the vibe Eck and his staff have during practice is a lot different than what Paul Petrino and co had last year. What have you seen in terms of, you know, just how the coaches, let's say, the culture, the co, if, if the behavior of a coach and the expectations they set are reflective of the culture they're trying to establish, what are you seeing different this year that you didn't see last year or that fans, if they were to just show up at a practice, would, probably notice as a, a hallmark of the new staff.
2: Yeah. Um, I do. It does seem, I guess just maybe comparing Eck and, and Petrino, it does kind of seem like, like Petrino was, he, he's a, he was a pretty kind of loud presence. He's kind of yelling, running around yelling. And I've noticed that Eck is, he's kind of letting his assistants kind of coach. He, he's bouncing between different position groups and, um, you know i don't hear his voice like <laughs> as much uh but yeah i mean overall the i think the vibes of the coaching staff ha- have been good a, a lot of energy they're playing you know playing music they're they're definitely having fun out there but they but they're being serious as well you know the the coaches are you know let's get this drill right let's they're you know teaching the, the tiny little things which is, at this point it's fundamentals and stuff like that and they're you can you know watching just a little position group go at it you can see them see them doing that um one of the funny things which i, I did tweet about so maybe some some people saw it from the scrimmage was uh, i mean obviously it's a, it's a scrimmage it's pretty laid back they're starting around midfield they're starting at different spots um you know, there's officials and stuff out there but it's pretty laid back uh at one point uh rob arrich the dc called a timeout the only timeout called in the entire scrimmage on a, on a short third down and Eck was walking up to him like I couldn't hear exactly what he said, but it's something about he was joking about him calling the timeout and giving him a little bit of crap for that, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and so that kind of just shows maybe a little bit more of X of personality out there for sure.
3: OK, so before I throw it back to Dallas, I need to make sure I correct the record jumping back to Borsche for like two seconds, specifically his his practice time was in the slot today which is exactly where people have been hoping to see him. Rackets hit 69. The comment section says, Boris and the slot would be money. Well, hey, dude, I guess you got money today because that's, that's what happened. Uh, Dal's going to throw it to you for the next question, man.
1: I, I know I've already brought up the offensive line once, but I, I, I have to ask because that's where I, I, I pay attention to the lines. I think the game is one, uh, the offensive and defensive line. So we have uh, obviously a grad transfer in Hallbeck. We have Logan Floyd and we have Bo St. John. Those are realistically the three guys on the the line that have experience. Everybody else is a sophomore or a freshman and played one or two games in the last few years. Is there anybody, Stefan, that stands out to you as somebody that's locking in a position or is this going to be a group that's in flux until the starting the starting tip or kickoff of the first game?
2: Yeah, I do think it, it is a a position group for sure that's gonna maybe kind of take some time to to play out. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a while before we know exactly who the guys are going to be. I know they're, they're moving guys around a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to, to, to focus on that when they're moving guys around and you're trying to focus on the position, the position guys a lot right now. Um, I have Mm -hmm. in particular trying to make sure I'm, I'm on top of that. Um, I do know one guy, it seems they're pretty high on is, is Jason Hallbeck, a transfer, Mm -hmm. a grad transfer. Um, and then obviously um, the guy everybody talks about is, is Logan Floyd. Who's has been the leader there forever. And he's, you know, he's not going anywhere. That's he's still um, probably the top guy in, in that regard. But yeah, I think it's right now, it's kind of moving guys around, figuring out um, what they want to do with the offensive line for sure.
1: Is that, do you have any sort of insight or, belief that maybe they're going to look at grad transfers for that. I know that there will absolutely be some sort of guys coming in from the transfer portal across the season. Has Eck given any sort of indication that offensive line, I mean, he's an offensive line guy. Is is there any indication that, that he's
2: looking at bolstering that group or are we happy with the guys we have? I think he's happy. I mean, one of the guys I just mentioned is a grad transfer. Who's already Mm -hmm. there. Um, I, I think he's happy with the group. Um, but that would be, that would maybe be a good question. I could, I could ask him is if they're going to try to bring in any more guys, um, there, but I haven't, he hasn't said that, um, that they're trying to do that at this point or anything like that. Um, you know, another guy, Nate, as a, as a party party, uh, got injured right before the season. He was going to be a starter right before the season last year. Mm -hmm. Um, he's been out there. He's not full go yet. Um, but another guy who's, um, kind of coming back and hasn't had a chance to really get in there yet because of the injury. Um, so he'll be a guy to to kind of be watching as well, I think. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely one of the groups that will be interesting to see what shape's out there. Awesome.
1: And then, uh, again, as we're just kind of going through each position group at the moment, uh, you've mentioned the front seven. We've talked about that, but specifically on the defensive line, Noah Ellis might end up being the highest drafted Vandal in Honestly, since Mike you Potty, uh, I'm not saying Noah Ellis is going day one, but there's a chance he sneaks into day two. He sh- he should go early day three. How how do we replace a guy like that? Is there anybody that's stepping up? Of like that guy is going to fill Noah's spot?
2: Yeah, I I'm not. I don't think you can replace a guy like that. Um, like you said, just such a talented nose tackle. Uh, he maybe didn't have a, a ton of stats. But that's a position that's not supposed to, you know, have a ton of stats. He just he does stuff that that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, and I, I think that's one that you don't, you know, you can't really replace. Um, as far as d- defensive tackles, yeah, I think they're they're kind of figuring that out. I think it's been more the defensive ends, um, you know. Another, I guess, another defensive line guy I haven't mentioned, Nate DeGraw, has really stood out in practice, and so just the the combination that they go there, that they go with there will be interesting to see if some of those guys who are defensive ends maybe end up playing defensive tackle. That would be my guess. Um, But, you know, Keys, Nate DeGraw, um, Leo Tom has been looking good. Malachi Williams. There's a lot of guys, uh, the transfer, Ben Bertram. A lot of guys um, have looked pretty good. Uh, Kamari Bailey as well. But a lot of those guys are more defensive ends. And so maybe it'll be just my guess. This isn't what they've told me, but we'll be, you know, maybe some of those guys will play more on the inside. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a tough one to replace for sure. It'll be interesting to see uh, where he ends up going in the draft. Um, but yeah, I think his name his name definitely helps him a little bit there. Tiny bit. <laughs> so, Stefan,
3: <clears throat> before we get to some more player players moving around, because uh, you know. I believe when Luke Schleisner exploded saying, was it Dale Grummet that, that wrote that article, Stefan, the uh, Separation Saturday article, or was that you? That was that was me, yeah. Okay, okay. You just referenced Dale, so I wanted to make sure I was not shouting out the wrong person. Yeah. Because look, Separation Saturday does seem to have meant something. Uh, just <laughs> other broad takeaways, we, we've been told by some people who've been at practices that a couple things that do look different, this is no longer position group. This is, you know, broadly offense, broadly defense. That um, offensively, we are, of course, you know, we already referenced a little heavier rush focus. I've, I've referenced this stat a ton on our show last year. At South Dakota State, uh, Jason Eck, if he was the play caller, ran 58% of the time, passed 42% of the time. Uh, which hey, that sounds like a run first kind of guy, sounds like that you know, that ratio. Uh, not that it's going to live at that number, but to expect, hey, 58, 42, 60, 40, something like that, expect it to just skew a little bit towards the rush over the pass. So we we know that part, but. We've also been told offensively. Look, we're seeing um, a lot—really, a, a little bit more complexity in both the what's being set up on offense and, and being set up on defense. Uh, offensively, uh, what we're being told, and I'm going to steal the words of Taylor Cash in our chat. But also, I, I talked Taylor on the phone about this: uh, a lot of motion and a lot of formation changes uh, on the on the offensive end, but also defensively, a little bit more work to disguise coverages, particularly. Uh, to allow the secondary to be a little bit more aggressive. we're not seeing that cu- that cushion that van- that just drew people made vandals go wild last year defensively where our, our DBs were uh, to not get burned over the top. We're leaving guys pretty dang open underneath for for chunk yardage. That type of coverage is looking, we're being told is looking different uh, under cu- under Robert Orich than what we saw last year with Bresky. Do those, those kind of broad explanations match your takeaways from what you're seeing offensively and defensively about what just looks different this time around? Yeah, I
2: think that's a good kind of overall takeaway uh, for sure. One thing that was actually kind of interesting when I was talking to CJ after the scrimmage is he, he actually said the offense was a little uh, – and, and I'll have to maybe follow up with him about this and, and, and whatnot. We were kind of doing some broad stroke stuff. But he said it was a little easier to pick up, actually, than the last offense, maybe a little more quarterback friendly. Um, but I'm not sure exactly what he uh, means by that. But, yeah, as far as what you were saying, uh, it, a, a lot of motion shifts, a lot of uh, it, 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 I, maybe just a good way to describe it. They're moving guys around, and, and that's not something we, we maybe saw as much with the last offense. Um, I know Luke Schleisner has talked about, um, like you mentioned, really wanting to really wanting to run the ball. To set up the pass, set up the pass with play action and with rollouts, and so I, uh, I do think they want to run the ball uh, quite a bit to, to maybe set up the pass. Um, as far as what you said on on defense, um, yeah, I, I I think right now guys are kind of just flying around. They want to be, you know, they want to be with, with where the ball's going and stuff. I do think that long pass that CJ had to to Terez in the scrimmage. Uh, he said he kind of saw something with the safety that maybe they were he, he was gonna have that over the top pass, which ended up working out. But yeah, overall, they were really limiting long passes. Uh, that was one of there was a couple others that were a little shorter, um but they were the the secondary was doing a good job of keeping the stuff, keeping everything in front of them for sure. yeah, orich on our show said it might sound counterintuitive
3: to people, but he wants to build his defense from the back forward. Hmm. As in uh, eliminate the the big plays where you know you can get beat by a few big plays, and then you know once you're once you're sound on the big plays to obviously do the best shutting down your position you're going to, um, and to just based off what we've been told. And again, we're not trying to extrapolate too much, guys. We all know it's spring. We all know we're like two weeks into this. But That's, look, yeah. the,
2: That's the, the fun part right now is a lot of this stuff will, will change and stuff as it's going. But it's it's still fun to to just see what it looks like right now.
3: Oh, well, no, we're, look, spring is the prologue for yeah. the actual season. So we're looking at, look, what's our prologue telling us we're going to see in the actual season. And, and, you know, the fact that what you, what Orch said and what you're you're describing are things that look like they're present in the spring. Well, you can probably gamble. That's what the defense is going to be based around come fall. So I guess uh, I have a positional thing. I want to go over real quick, Stefan, uh, these are tips we have guys, not breaking news, not a press release, but re- we feel pretty good about the information we're given. Uh, quarterback room looks like it's going to shrink pr- pretty dang quick. A uh, couple guys on the roster who we were told had some position changes. Uh, we're told Nate Cisco. well, look, we're told Nate Cisco is going to be leaving the program. He hasn't announced anything, although his Twitter doesn't say university of Idaho anymore. So, Hey, we'll see if he transfers. We're, Grateful first his time as a vandal. If he doesn't transfer, i don't like, hey, sorry for making it sound like you were. That's our tip right now, is that Cisco is, le- is going to leave the program. Uh, also told that Kenji Turamura, uh, freshman from Ontario, Oregon, he's listed at quarterback. We're told he uh, is going to be moving into the tight end group. And uh, Tyler Webb is a guy we've been told to watch for potentially being on the move. He's freshman quarterback. He great last year. Pretty athletic. Uh, you know, he was in the dunk co- football dunk contest, looking okay. Didn't win it, but certainly didn't look bad. Uh, we've been told he's a candidate to move to safety, but uh, not a hundred percent sure that's on the table. He's also just had some health stuff going on. To my, you know, I mean, part, he graysured last year, didn't wasn't able to you know take part in practices. So he, I don't know how much the coaches have actually seen him. But we're told he's a guy to look at potentially being onto uh, defense. Any reaction you have, Stefan, to any of those? Not official things, but just tips we were
1: told.
2: Yeah, I would say overall it, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, with seven quarterbacks they had at the last practice I was at, um, that's in was like, this is the biggest quarterback room I've ever been a part of. And that is, hey, can I pause you real guys. quick?
3: There's still two more quarterbacks who aren't even on campus yet. I was just gonna uh, say that
2: doesn't include the two that are coming in the fall, which would have made it nine, and so that doesn't uh surprise me um, at all that uh, maybe a guy that summer some of the like the walk on you know, changing positions and stuff. I would say as far as Tyler Webb, um, he's, he definitely has an arm. He's looked pretty good in practice. Um, so that would maybe be one that surprises me if he's going to change positions. Although he is, like you said, he is uh, very athletic. Um, he missed the scrimmage with the flu and Eck had said he was one, he was kind of hoping to see out there. Um, and so, but he was, yeah, he was sick for the scrimmage. And so, um, but, yeah, uh, that, that definitely doesn't surprise me that the quarterback room might be getting a little smaller here.
3: Okay. So oh, – and also another way, of the quarterback room, not officially smaller because we were told Borsch is still going to be getting yeah, some practice yeah. time in there. But if he's all over the place, he's his quarterback role is clearly different than what it was in practice you know, earlier this week. Um, Stefan – I think we've hit the, we've hit the spring so far, pretty good. Any, yeah, points, pretty thorough that, here. any points that we haven't gone, gone over that you, you think listeners might want to, want to hear about?
2: Um, I think we kind of touched on most of the, most of the stuff. Um, I guess first I'd say, you know, I'd definitely be down to, to join you guys again sometime and we can hit anything we missed maybe, but, um, no, I think we, uh, I think we pretty much covered it covered a lot of names a lot of guys and it'll be interesting to see how it continues to shape up okay
3: so that means we we have one last question for you stefan call it the reversal where you get to pick any sort of question to ask the group martin you can bring your profanity lane mass in here too when that happens but to give you a second to uh put that question together i need to butcher our ad read for hughes river expedition real quick so, as always, Around the Bar brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. If you're looking for a great, all-inclusive, week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental U.S., located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River, No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. And you can even check out special trips like the one to see the Per said Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing white water, hike scenic trail, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in the history along the river and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country. You just bring it close, let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been Vandal owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on a vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Stefan, it
2: is your time to throw us a question. Hmm. Well, I got to say, I liked uh, I liked some of the questions you guys asked Jason Eck on that, that first time he was on the show. Um, I was at the, the Corner Club on a Saturday night for the first time in a long time just this last weekend. I got to say, what are your guys' uh, beers of choice, either current or past uh, when you're going to the corner club. Martin,
3: you've been the shadow. I'll, Jump in. I'll start
0: it out with... Uh, I'll start out with... I know founder of Tubs of the Club, Sean Kramer's favorite, and my favorite, old, good old Vitamin R, Ron Yeh. There
2: you go. That
3: so was, I have a song story, so I want you to go next.
1: So I... I infamously have never had a tub from the club uh people okay. have ridiculed me for that so i would like to crowdsource my 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 options here somebody in the chat tell me what it, i this year i am going to get my first tub from the club somebody tell me what that needs to be because i don't have an answer for you stefan i've never ordered a tub i i couldn't tell you fair I, enough, the fair comment enough. section is already starting to ridicule me for it
3: and the comment section is really killing you because that's exactly what should happen. But <laughs> look, if I order a tub, I'm probably doing Rainier. My take on Rainier is it's the best shitty beer in the world. And if you're ordering a tub, you're look, you're, you're not ordering a tub of like what Stella or something like that. The whole point of a tub is the excess without the excess cost. So that that's where I go with the tub, but I do have to give you guys a quick sob story uh, I just recovered. I just finished round two of health and safety protocols. Coronavirus positive diagnosis. Like yesterday was my first day of being officially okay to be around everyone. It's two times in two months. I am mid panic right now because my taste buds are not letting me distinguish whiskeys from each other right now. Oh, no. And that is a, that's a big part of my evening ritual. And I, I made a panic purchase today because I was terrified that, look, the only way to deal with this taste problem is to drink more whiskey, which is, of course, not the right call um, <laughs> if you want to like save anything good. So I made a panic buy because uh, I can I can still like I, I can taste strong stuff in alcohol, like if it's cask finished. And uh, I bought a Sailor Jerry spiced rum to sip on so that I can quit panicking about the whiskey flavor not coming back and just notice that, hey, it doesn't I, I can tell myself I'm experimenting with rums, but two. <laughs> I'm not drinking any
2: good whiskey while I can't taste anything. That is pretty funny. That is, there you go. When, I guess you got to do what you got to do when it comes to that. Y- yes. Yeah. Uh,
3: if, if listeners are wondering, Hey, how is Brian handling this taste difficulty terribly? I'm handling it absolutely as poorly as one possibly could. So fingers crossed, I can uh, tell you guys next week. Hey, my nightmare is over, but we'll see. Stefan, well, we'll okay, I'm gonna throw it to you now. What's your drink?
2: Well, when I was my old one, it, it was definitely Rolling Rock. I was I was drinking Rolling Rock all the time back in the day. But they don't have tubs of Rolling Rock at the at the Corner Club anymore. Um, But yeah, I, I think uh, Rainier is maybe the the second one for sure. Um, Although when I was there, I got, uh, people are going to hate me for this, but I think I got a tub of Bud Light. So I don't know, mix it up, I guess. Okay. Well, Stefan,
3: glad to have you on. We will definitely have you on again and, uh, dude keep doing, keep doing the Lord's work over there in Moscow, man.
2: Awesome. Thanks guys for having me. Enjoyed being on the show. All right. That's Thanks, Stefan Kevin. Weeby, everyone, uh, Lewiston
3: Tribune. Also you'll see a in Moscow Pullman daily news. We're officially going to gonna jump out. Stefan is out. I was about to say, he, if he is really struggling, killing that window, he can stay a little bit longer.
1: He but, was waiting for us to say, subscribe to the Lewiston Tribune or the Moscow Pullman Daily News to support him. That's what he was waiting for. I could see it in his eyes.
3: Okay. Well, hey, we just got it out. So, Stefan, uh, my bad dude, my bad dude, uh, I will text him later to say we got out. So, shifting now, we have a couple of just small items that we have to get to Uh, Relating to just Idaho sports, um, some of these things are pretty quick. Like we have – there were official visits during the scrimmage. Um, A.J. Mayer, potential transfer quarterback from Miami of Ohio, he saw action in three games last year at Miami of Ohio. That's Mac uh, football, so hashtag mac Uh, Ready short potential – My God, thank you. Uh, Ready short potential transfer safety from from Pac-12 Arizona – uh, he made his official d- visit. So still still, pay attention, guys, for news relating to transfers because the most recruitment's done. Uh, look, there's a lot of people in that transfer portal all across the nation. There's still some good guys to be had. So that recruitment work for next season has not yet stopped. At this point, Dallas, do you think we're ready for the transfer portal?
1: I think we need to rip the Band-Aid right off of the transfer portal.
3: So after you guys subscribe... To hashtag onlytubs, patreon.com backslash tubs of the club. And after you subscribe to the uh, Lewiston Tribune, so you can support Stefan and, and the work he's doing. I have no bridge. I just want to say subscribe to those. Final edition of the transfer portal, guys. And you know, if you're a longtime listener, what the transfer portal means. Chuck Staben, the guy that we have all been wondering what is happening, University of Idaho's Most deeply loved biology professor and former president has announced on his blog, which I mean, listeners probably know this because we're all checking Chuck Staben's website every goddamn day to see what he's doing. Chuck Staben has officially retired from the University of Idaho uh, two years after being a professor. I don't know how much his heart was in being a professor because he's specifically saying he's retiring from the University of Idaho. And in his uh, press release and/or blog, he said he's still open to being a president or a consultant elsewhere. So it sounds like this is no this is not making fun of him, everything else before is making fun of him, everything else after is making fun of him. It sounds like he had his heart set on being an administrator and being a professor even though it was a good it was good for him to have that written in, into his contract once he was you know fired from being our president. He doesn't seem to really be that into being a professor. He wants to be on the administrative side of things, done being serious. Chuck Staben is no longer part of the University of Idaho-Dallas. How are you going to take it?
1: I mean, on one hand, I I still think that the FCS was the right call, and I know everybody's going to judge him for that. I look at Conference USA with... New Mexico state joining up after being independent for so long. And it doesn't interest me in the slightest. So I, I still think that was the right call. I also think the guy was a pompous dick about it uh, and was a pompous dick for years about it. Even, even the, the blog post here is written so pompously scroll back up to the top of that Martin. And he says, I retire as a professor from the university of Idaho. However, I would be willing to do all of these other things somewhere else. It just, I don't know. It just rubs people the wrong way. I've never met the guy. I'm guessing he just has one of those personalities where you just want to punch him in the face. I mean, we all know people like that. He's probably one of those people. He ended up being the president of our beloved university. So, it's finally gone, I guess. That's the positive thing to say. Brian, you're muted. I thought we were going to get through an entire episode without me saying that. Here we are 50 minutes in, and I'm finally dropping it. Brian, you're muted. Motherfucker. And I knew Martin was going to jump in with that clip. So I waited to start
3: talking. So I am uh, Dallas, I'm like you. I'm not going to relitigate the FCS FBS thing. I like where we're at. I was one of the few people who us moving down classifications brought me back in and got me to my first donation to the Vandal Scholarship Fund. But I do know that there are you can be a guy who like the who likes being in the big sky and still understand that. A lot of boosters really didn't like Nick, really didn't like Chuck Staben. Why I call him Nick Staben, Jesus? A lot of people didn't really like Chuck Staben uh, for the pompous thing, for not, not really trying to bring people along with him in the process, for uh, making longtime donors, people who are really committed to U- University of Idaho, even if they're not decision makers, he was pretty good at making them feel like they didn't matter in any sort of way. Also, if you're like us on the show and you think you are frustrated about men's basketball and the fact that we're trotting Zach Klaus out again, and look, Terry Gallick owns that and that's her screw up. Uh, people should absolutely be uh, upset about that. Chuck Staben was fine firing Don Verlin as his final act, or he, approving the firing of Don Verlin as his final act on the final hour of his final day as president of Un- University of Idaho. And that's not to say Don Verlin would have saved our program or anything, but you can guarantee Don Verlin was not going to be as bad as Zach Claus has been these last three years. So look, Terry Owens being married to this uh, Zach Claus mess that she will not get away from. But the guy who opened the door for Terry to just swing and miss on basketball, the way she has Chuck Staben, Pete Isaacson. So to me, this is a good day. Whether you're again, if you're a person like me, who likes being in the FCS. I don't mind seeing a guy that uh, people have reasonable antagonism toward no longer be affiliated with the university. If you're a person who's going to still not be touchy about the FBS stuff, well, this is a win for you too. Martin, you've been on the shelf talking about uh, Chuck Staben. You're probably going to be the voice of dissent to tell us, look, we lose a top flight biology professor. How does the university recover?
0: Nope. I'm happy he's gone. He was nice to the band once, and I'm just going to leave it at that.
1: Martin Heemstra, man of many words.
3: Yeah, look, the comment section is, of course, blowing up because now they can blame Chuck Staben for giving me an excuse to bring up Zach Kloss again. Well, we have all this exciting news about football. Uh, Got to bring the rain clouds back in, too, because, look, basketball still where it is. If we ever have actual basketball news, we'll talk about it again. But until then, we're just going to moan. Um so yeah, transfer portal guys. Chuck Stevens gone so long. Glad that chapter is closed. Closing the bar, Dallas. You have one last item to get to real quick.
1: Yes, I want to point out one of the worst takes Tubbs at the club has ever made. Uh, there was a infamous episode where we discussed if Mike Beaudry would be leaving Idaho early for the CFL draft. Mike Beaudry did not get drafted into the CFL, even after graduating. However, congratulations to Mike Beaudry. He has made the Edmonton Elks. They just signed him uh, today, actually. Ended up cutting some guy I've never heard of to sign Michael Beaudry, quarterback from Idaho. So he's probably going to be able to keep a career around there for quite some time, as he does count as a Canadian-born player instead of a American-born player, where they... They have a limitation on how many of those guys they can have and the age requirements and all that fun stuff. He just counts as a Canadian guy. So if he can stick, he can stick in the the league for 15 years. So props to Mike Beaudry, not props to Tubbs for our hilariously bad take on Mike Beaudry getting drafted before even graduating. Okay,
3: well, I'm, I'm glad we had to open the door to some historic takes because we can also talk about ESPN Plus as a not-fantastic move, which it was obviously, guys, ESPN Plus was a great move for the Big Sky. We're going to move on. Uh, congrats to Mike Beaudry. It's cool that he's getting a shot to play professionally. He was here for two seasons, the spring season and the fall 2021 that followed right after. Uh, we appreciate his time as Vandal. Fingers crossed that uh, he gets some run in the CFL. And again, good news for Beaudry and his family. I think it is time to close the bar. Uh, We can spend next week with uh, Dallas researching any other old takes that he wants to uh, bring up at the end of the show to absolutely bury the lead of what we're actually talking about. Thank you, Dallas. Um, Which hey, We can talk about ESPN plus. It's fantastic. Next week, uh, Dan Satter, associate commissioner of the big sky conference is going to be on we're going to talk basketball but not idaho basketball because we can just be talking about a first round loss again uh dan satter is going to talk to us about the changes to the big sky conference tournament bracket uh for the men's and women's conference tournament for next season he's going to walk us through that and why the changes are what they are Uh, also there's a couple football items that i want to i want to give him a chance to explain to listeners uh one I have re-explained how uh, protected rivals works and how, if you're a vandal who's upset about losing Montana as a a protected rival, the big sky is not the person to be frustrated at, but uh, look, there's some other, you know, mechanisms within the big sky. He can walk us through. We'll send out a query to our hashtag onlytubs patreon.com backslash tubs of the club to get questions, might throw it out on Twitter too, but that's next week. And then the week after that, man, we're closing in on the end of our spring run. We'll see who else we can get on later, but we're gonna keep talking football until then we're gonna have Colby Cuff play us out or whoever the hell Martin picks after I say Colby Acuff. Cuff.
1: Bold of you to assume Martin's gonna click a, a video. We could just get a montage of fuck, fuck, shit, fuck, fuck.
3: Who knows? Oh, no, what I can't no next what Martin's going to do next time is I'm gonna say someone's gonna play us out. I'm gonna say go vandals, you're gonna say go vandals, he's gonna act like he's talking, then Martin's gonna play the like motherfucker clip.
2: So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the vandals in the crowd. All just out there living the tree Part of one and only Moscow drink.